welcome to another episode of Please Don't Make Me Watch. On this week's episode, we have undead morgue attendants, one-armed cowboys, the cutest robot ever, and Victorian serial killers. Ooh, Ooh what a mixture. Such, actually, it's a massive, there's, there's some good range in this episode, I think. I mean, thanks to me, I would personally say. I think you're two or three similar. I will, I will concede that. Uh, um, before we start, have you been doing... I'm eating popcorn, by the way, dear listeners, so... Shocker. The... Alice is eating while we're recording. <laughs> Alright, okay, I'm a hungry person. But um, I'm a professional. Drinking your little tea. Anyway, what have you been doing this week while what, I eat my popcorn? What have I been doing this week? What cultural things have you seen? What cultural... Oh, that's a very good question. Culture. I mean, I feel like I've... It's a lot of music this week that I've been discovering, Ooh. rather than, I know, as a musician, shocking. Wow, so weird. Yeah, and I think it's a very sort of deep cultural meaning, and that is the new singles recently released by Carly Rae Jepsen, which Woo! are all bops. All of them. They are, they're I great. I listen to them, yeah. They're really Can't great. Um, I think Now That I Found You is really fun and dumb and exactly the sort of pop music that I love, and Party For One is one of her best songs ever, not as good as Run Away With Me, but close. And then there's some weird contemporary classical stuff that I've been listening to that I think if I talk about it, you'll all get bored, so we might skip that. Oh, no, no, shout out some composers or something. Shout out some composers. Well, there's a couple of things. One of the good things is that the Royal Concertgebouw Orchestra, which is um, an orchestra based in the Netherlands, they always release um, albums of contemporary music called Horizons, and they most recently released... Uh, their, well, they're all called Horizons. They're, they're called Horizons and then a number. So recently oh, right, it was yeah. Horizons 9 mm-hmm. on that album was a piece uh, by Joey Rukens uh, in three movements, movements maniacally, glacially, and propulsively. I love those names. And, they're, and it's such a fun piece. I'm going to call my kids those names. Yeah, do it. Maniacally. Glacially. Put propulsively down. <laughs> yeah, propulsively is obviously the youngest one. Obviously the youngest one. And it's, it's really fun. It's got a lot of drive to it. I think it's, it's really quite excellently written music, and it... It doesn't naturally fit into any sort of genre boxes within contemporary music, and I think that's what I really like about it. Oh, wow. Sophisticated analysis on this show. Yeah, look at me with my two music degrees. I've got to, you know, use them. Well, I have been to the theatre. Shocker. Shocker, again. And I have lots of recommendations, because I've actually seen some good stuff. Hooray! Woo! I saw a lot of rubbish stuff recently. Um, but I saw this play at the Young Vic called Jesus Hopped the A-Train. Okay. Which is phenomenal. It's so good. Um, I can't remember who it's by, which is awful. But it's, I think it's Pulitzer Prize winning. Okay. And um, it's about the American criminal justice system, but also about religion and kind of about like whether religion is a good thing in terms of providing hope for people or does it allow people to think that they've got away with awful, awful things because they think God's mm. forgiven them, etc, etc. And it was just like two hours long and flew by, absolutely flew by. That's I was good. thrilled. So I would go see that. And I also went to see Cypress Avenue, which is also about how religion can take over your life. But in, in the context of Ireland rather than America. Okay. And like Protestants first with Catholics. And as a Catholic, it was hilarious because I basically just got insulted for most of the play. Yay. As a Fenian bastard. It's like, you know, spending time with me. Yeah, Except I know. not for Catholic reasons. <laughs> um, and that was also amazing. So that's Cypress Avenue at the Royal Court. That's good. Yay. And the Olivier nominations came out. Oh, exciting. Yeah, which I have thoughts about. Most of them positive. I saw Company got nominated for a lot. Yeah! Which I'm, I still haven't seen it. And oh, I don't think I'm going to get a chance to see it. It's stopping on the third. I know. It's, it's very sad. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the 
cast recording coming out. It's like, coming out. It's come out. It's come out. It's come out. Patty Lapone is there. Oh, for your delectation. I need to listen to this. You have to listen to I it. I need to listen to this. But yeah. And on with the show. Woo! Okay. Woo. So we're starting with my TV episode, so Sam, I picked something specially for you. Oh. What did you think of iZombie? So iZombie is a macabre comedy drama program mm-hmm. started in 2015 and is still going. Hooray. It was created by Rob Thomas and Diane Ruggiero Wright. I haven't said that right, but sorry. Um, and it follows the story of Liv, played by Rose McIver, who is also famous for the amazing A Christmas Prince. What a phenomenal Netflix movie that is. And she becomes, she's like an A-star student, going to become a doctor, and then accidentally at a party becomes a zombie through various circumstances. So she becomes, decides to become a pathologist so she can work in the morgue, and then she eats people's brains, and in doing so can work out what happens to them because she has flashbacks to their lives. It's a little bit of a complicated thing, but it's a very simple programme, I would mm. almost say. Yeah. So what did you think? I think I think you've kind of hit it on the head. The premise itself is very convoluted and does need a bit of setup in the first episode. Yeah. But once you get over that setup, I think this is a really fun TV series. It is fun. It is it's fun. It, it toes the line between someone has been brutally murdered yeah. and can be fun, which I like. You know me, I love campy fun. Um, I think it's a detective procedural. A lot of the episodes have the run the risk of becoming similar. Mm. It does have kind of nuggets of where the story is going to progress. And in all honesty, I have since watched a couple more episodes of this. Yay! Um, which is odd because I don't think this is the favourite thing that you've made me watch. Yeah, but it's very easy to watch. Yeah, exactly. It's brainless. It's like I haven't watched brainless. more. Uh, brainless. Haha, <laughs> puns. I haven't watched more of Final Space, but that is the thing I would probably watch more of, and it's yeah. not my favourite thing that you've made me watch. And I, and I think it's really built on the fact that um, Rose McIver's really great in the lead. Yeah, she is. I think she has that kind of sarcastic with heart yeah. that makes it work, and it's equally what makes um, like some of my favourite characters in comedy work. I don't think she's up there with characters I'm thinking along the lines of April and Parks and Rec. Mm. She's, she's not at that yeah. level. But a similar kind of shit. similar vibe, and the relationship... I love her flatmate. Yeah, the relationship between her and her flatmate—I can't remember what her name is. Um, he was one of the most gorgeous women ever. Think yeah. like in New Girl, with what's the New Girl flatmate called? Jesus, I don't actually think I've ever seen New Girl. What? No. Oh, that's going on the list. Okay. okay. Uh, well, Jess's flatmate, Sessie's. I can't remember. Uh, song. Well, in this one, it's called Peyton. Yeah. Um, Who's Jess? Jess is in New Girl. That's what I'm talking about, sorry. (laughs) Jess is the main character of New Girl. She has a best friend called, like, Sessie and something. Okay. Um, And that is a very similar relationship for New Girl fans to the one between the main character in this and her best friend, who's called Peyton. Um, I think I... I like the spin on the police procedural that it does with the zombie, and I do like kind of her trying to find ways to make brains palatable, like putting them in ramen. That's my favourite bit of every episode. Yeah. Every episode she does a different thing, but with they the do brain. they almost do it like um, one of those tasty videos that you see on Facebook where it's like, yeah. like a, these just like disembodied hands chopping things up, and yeah. it looks really satisfying, and then you're like, no, this is a human brain, what am I talking about? Yeah. But, yeah, that is A really lot good. of hot sauce is consumed in this show. Yeah, apparently zombies need hot sauce. Clearly. I mean, they're brain, eating huh? brains. I think that's fair enough. No, but they like brains. I know, but I think 
I mean, judging by it, it's sort of... They... I thought it's like they basically go numb because they're zombies. So they like have to have hot sauce to make everything yeah. interesting. Yeah. I also, I also got it... I like they have the distinction between um, Liv as a kind of human-esque person. Yeah. Um, and also Liv when she goes kind of sort of full-on... Full zombie. Yeah. She goes mental. Yeah, it's sort of when she hasn't eaten in a while, when kind yeah. of the sort of the bloodlust takes over. And that's, you get your more kind of stereotypical Walking Dead, Shaun of the Dead zombie fear. It is clever though, because you do start thinking like, like it's so dark because she has to eat human brains. So yeah. obviously like, that's a dark element, but also she is basically herself still. So it's like, do we kill her? I know. Or... It's interesting ethically, I suppose, if you to get that far, but they mostly yeah. just, I mean, it gets much more dark as it goes on, okay. I would say. Um, I don't know if I like that. I think I like the I fact that it's a bit it silly. Fun, yeah. Um, I, I think interestingly, with when I said that this was something I was watching the podcast, my parents have recently finished series one of this. Hey. They they have. This has been their new sort of show du jour. Love that. Um, and they've really enjoyed it. I think it, it works because it's a great ensemble cast. Like every single character in it is quite likable. Yes. But also has flaws, but is interesting. Like Clive Barbineau, the detective, mm. cracking yeah. up. Um. So does her British. Uh, yeah, what the is friend. He's uh, so great. Uh, Ravi, played Ravi. by Raoul Coley. Oh my god, I love Ravi. He's, he's like the great. best one. And he's just clever, but also got like the most sensitive heart. In the yeah, I think, I think he's my favourite character. 100%. Um, and I think that's what makes this, is it is it is very much an ensemble piece, mm-hmm. and that's what works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I've really enjoyed this. I think it is, it's another police procedural, and I've seen a lot of them, and I think... I like that it's a new spin on it. Mm. Um, it didn't kind of grip me like uh, something yeah. like Line of Duty would, but also it's not that's not what it's going for. Yeah, yeah. It's I, going yeah. for like a very easy going mm. show, but you can easily binge watch it in like a few days. Oh, exactly. Feel, like, great advice. It's very bingeable. <laughs> okay, let's move on to your My TV. TV. And speaking of very things different. that my parents have recently binged. Really? Yeah, this is a series that I watched last year okay. and was completely blown away with it. Okay. If I'm honest. And so, Alice, what did you think of Godless? So, Godless is a Netflix miniseries which was premiered in 2017, created by Scott Frank. Uh, it's a western that follows the story of Roy Good, played by Jack O'Connell, and Frank Griffin, uh, played by Jeff Daniels, who's trying to hunt him down, as well as their interactions with a town solely populated by women. Mm, not solely. Almost solely. Predominantly. Yeah. Um, due to a mining accident. Yeah, it took me a long time to figure out that. Yeah. Um, I I don't think... I When I picked this, I thought, oh, is Alice gonna hate this? Because I loved this when I watched it. I'm interested to see what you thought. So, I didn't love it, mm. but I didn't hate it. I was kind of gripped by it. I thought it was far too long. Mm, the first episode is long. It was like an hour and ten minutes more than that. I think it's, yeah, I think it's about an hour and ten, the first one. I, there was a point at which I thought, this is when it should have ended, and I checked and it still had half an hour left, and I was like, oh, fuck's sake. But yeah. That being said, really beautifully shot. Mm, it's really, gorgeous. really, like, gorgeous shooting. And also very, like, disturbing and dark, but... Mm, mostly in a necessary way. There were some points I thought it was a bit, like, looser, which I love, but also sometimes feel a bit like, is this really necessary, all of this? Yeah. Um... But I thought it was good. I was interested to see where it goes. Like, I probably would have watched more, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I actually will. Yeah. Like, if someone was like, oh, you need to watch more, I wouldn't be like, oh, for God's sake. But it just, 
I don't know. It was very confusing a lot of mm. it. I think what you're saying is exactly what I thought when I watched the first episode was I was like, what on earth is this? Yeah. This does feel a bit long, but I'm intrigued. And then what I think once you get onto episode two, then it gets much quicker, I felt like. Okay. Or because it or at least it feels quicker. Um, I also I also think what makes this great is the performances, I think, are strong okay. across the board. I think Jack Daniels got nominated for a lot of awards for this performance. Did he? Um, I think he got nominated for an Emmy. Um, Interesting. He was very good. He was very good. They were all really good. It's yeah. just like... Well, I like Michelle Dockery because she plays like yes. a badass woman called Alice, and obviously I was like, "Hello, at you." Yeah, no. Jeff Daniels got nominated for an Emmy for Best Supporting Actor for this, and Michelle Dockery got nominated. For, oh no, Jeff Daniels won for Be- won the Emmy for Best Supporting Actor for this. Uh, Merritt Weaver, who uh, plays uh, Mary Agnes, who is the um, wife of the late mayor of the town. Okay, who no, kind of assumes the role of the mayor. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, she won Best Supporting Actress. Okay, interesting. And Michelle Dockery was nominated for Best Actress. She was very good. Yeah, I also, I also think um, Jack O'Connell's really good in this. He is great. He, um, there was one thing I had a problem with, and mm. I feel bad about shouting out a specific actor. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to say his name, but the actor who plays her son, what is called, like, Chokori or... Yeah. He's an awful actor. Mm. There were bits where they closed the door on him, and I was like, because he just shouldn't be in this scene at all. He'd come in and be like, Mommy, what's that dude doing here? And then she'd like slam the door in his face, yeah. and like, yep, because they didn't want him in the scene. He was awful. We will get on to bad child acting. Yeah, I know, but like, as in, this is such a serious yeah. thing that you all, you really can't get. Like, as in, no. I would argue later that comedy announced that, but this is like... Yeah, I think I it think, really disturbs your focus because mm. you're like, why is this child here? Yeah, it's it's weird hearing you say that because he does get better as the series progresses. Oh, he he gets a lot better, and I think I would encourage you to rewatch him in the first episode to remind uh, okay. yourself how shitty. Because I think this this series when I watched it, I remember watching it thinking, this is this is great, and then no one was talking about it. I, I, I think I felt it, like it. I remember it getting talked about, it, which is weird. Yeah. I remember seeing adverts and going, "Well, that's not for me." I think I think it it did much better in the states than it did over here. Obviously, because it's a western. It's about, yeah. But I I really enjoyed it. I I think the action sequences in this. I don't think there are there are any in the first episode. No, but the begin the opening mm. bit is dramatic and hor- horrific, mm. but also beautiful. Like. Not yeah. beautiful, but like, to use the romanticism word, which I've been doing a lot of recently, yeah. sublime, beautiful, and yet terrifying yeah. at the same time. I mean, do you want to explain the opening sequence a little bit to give some context? Yeah, I think I can kind of. Also, yeah. it was really weird because the like, like, not sheriff, but like a marshal yeah. is from Grace and Frankie. Is like the really pathetic. Yeah. Like, well, not pathetic. Sam like, Yeah, that was funny for me. Anyway. Also, if you haven't seen Grace and Frankie, watch Grace oh and Frankie. Oh my God, that's great. Yeah. Um, so, this marshal looking very like a typical cowboy and like a few other people on horses ride through a town in which everything is burnt to the ground and there are just bodies everywhere mm. and like in a really horrible way and then they keep going and they end up at a train kind of like not a station exactly but like a control booth yeah and there's a guy in there and he's like at his post but dead and then the train is off the track, the tracks, tracks, yeah, tracks, and there are all these bodies like spilling out of it, basically. And there's this one woman who's alive, just sitting there, like singing really weirdly to herself. And then 
they look behind. Oh, this is a horrible bit. They yeah. look behind them and there's a small boy and he's been lynched. Yeah. It's, it's actually really disturbing. It's, it's, it doesn't shy away from it, but I think what I like is that you think about classic westerns, even ones like The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, they're not very violent. Why do they have, I didn't, as in... The old, the old West, I think, was pretty violent. But do they kill kids like that? I don't know, but I think also it sets... I, I like, thought that was amazing, but I also felt a mm. little bit manipulated. It's like, yeah. well, now we know who we should care about because everyone who supports the massacre is clear. Like, as in, yeah. obviously a massacre is bad anyway, but the kid being Lynn, it's like, it just felt like, as in, these people are bad and don't care about them mm. for the rest of the series. But also, I, th- I think what it is made you think was... Why have they done this? But really confused me mm. that then they went to this all-female town and they had been like, and all the men died in an accident. I thought that beginning bit was a flashback for ages yeah. and then it's revealed that it's not a flashback and it happened recently. And yeah. Okay. There's a lot of like... Va- Planting seeds throughout the episode. Yeah, they really do mm. not tell you everything at once. You just spend like, I would say the first 45 minutes being like... What is happening? I kind of like that though. How are you really? I quite liked it, and then there was a point at which I was like, for God's sake, show us something. Yeah, no. But I appreciate the like show not tell. Yeah, and I think I think before we move on, quick shout out to the final shootout in the last episode, which I think is the second best battle ever filmed on TV. Whoa. After Battle of the Bastards and Game of Thrones. Whoa. I'm, I'm, I'm putting it out there. It's that good. Have you seen Line of Duty yet? It's uh, not a battle, but it's like... I, I'm going to watch more of Line of Duty. And you specifically need to watch the end of season three. Okay. Unbelievable stuff. Okay. Trust. Trust and believe. No. I feel we must move on from God. Oh, Wars. okay. Fine. But it was really good. I did enjoy it. That's good. I just don't know if I'm going to watch again. It was a little bit too slow. Mm. And Westerns aren't really my shtick. No. I think that Westerns aren't really my thing either. Mm, yeah, I'm, space westerns. Yeah, but that's because they're in space. Oh, right, I see. Okay. Yeah. Right, okay. So moving on to my film, I obviously watched one of my faves from when I was a teenager, and acknowledging that it is not high quality, but it holds a very dear place mm-hmm. in my heart, I asked you to watch Space Camp. So Space Camp is a film from 1986. Whoa, throwback. It was directed by Harry Weiner. Is that who say that? Weiner? Weiner? Yeah. Starring Kate Capshaw, who's no longer a star, I suppose. It follows a group of kids who attend space, like NASA space camp. Yeah. Awesome. And then accidentally end up in space. Of course they do. The really interesting thing about it is that it never got any publicity because um, it was supposed to be released, um, I think literally just after the Challenger disaster in which a teacher was sent up into space, like as in obviously other people, but specifically a teacher was sent up into space and kids across the country were watching it mm. and they all watched it blow up. So this was supposed to come out like around the same time, but then the kids accidentally take a teacher up with them in space in the movie and they yeah. had to postpone it. And I think it went like straight to VHS or something or mm. like released very quietly five months afterwards. So I felt, uh, me and my friends always, mainly because we wanted to be those like, Oh my god, we're really into 80s movies because they're really cool and we're teenagers yeah. and things that other people don't know. We always thought that it was undervalued as an 80s movie, as just like a classic of the time and like of a teen movie. Um, so for that reason, I love it and I'm aware that it's not the best movie, but it's so good. <laughs> Take us away. Oh, it's got a young Joaquin Phoenix in it as yes, well. Yes, that's one that should be mentioned. a small child. I mean, if we're talking about 
a bad child acting. If this, <laughs> if I was looking at Joaquin Phoenix in this and thinking, okay, you're going to be the guy that's going to be in Her and the Master. I know, exactly. that's why I love it as a film. Because he's awful in He's this. so bad. And all the time I was like, just shut up, stop. Because basically his character is a small kid who gets put on the older kids program. Yeah, he's way too small to be there. Um, he's about 12 and basically talks exclusively in Star Wars references. And I was like, just shut the fuck up, please. But he also makes friends with the robot. Oh. Who is then the villain of the film. He's not a villain. He is. No, he just doesn't understand. He's amoral. He's not immoral. Oh, I don't know. He doesn't have morals. He thinks he's doing what's right for the little boy. I know, oh. but also really gets everyone killed. It's exactly like her. He becomes too close to a robot and he backfires on him. I know. Wacky Phoenix getting typecast from the age of 12. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's interesting that you like this so much, Sig, because you're not really a sci-fi fan. It's not sci-fi, though. It is, it is science fiction. Nah. It's, it's science fiction. But for me, this film is a tonal mess. Kind of, the thing that it made me think of weirdly the most is how to be single, in terms of how much of a tonal mess it is. Because it can't decide whether it wants to be fantasy sci-fi uh, kids going into space, woo! Or if it wants to be a camp movie, if it wants to be kind of a sort of 80s rom-com. No, it's 100% just like a summer camp movie, but with a bit of space in it. That's what I thought. I didn't, I didn't get to that away from it at I all. I felt like it's the kind of movie that Wet Hot American Summer was based on, but mm. about space. It yeah. Sense. I mean, I preferred Wet Hot American Summer by a mile. What? Yeah. I think I fucking love this movie. I think Sorry because I I found I mean I've already said fuck. Excellent. Okay. But it I just I yeah, I I think because I'm coming at this from someone I, I love sci-fi, was raised on sci-fi. That's why I picked it for you. Yeah, and I, I for me it got a lot better when they finally got into space. Yeah, but you've gotta get through half the film before they get into space. Because you've gotta have the whole like what are their relationships first? I know. And I mean, if it was a better film, they would have been able to set those relationships up while they were in space. <laughs> but instead, it's like, let's take 45 yeah. minutes to explain to you how they all hate each other or like slightly get on and what's their yeah. personalities and then you get into space. It's got, it's got all the kind of classic 80s film tropes in it. It's got... Very, I, maybe I'm wrong. I remember it being like a surprisingly diverse group in that it's not all white. <laughs> well, there's one not white person. Exactly. For the <laughs> yeah. 80s. Like, For the 80s, that's not that's bad. bad. But it's got the kind of classic tropes. It's got the 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 jock douchebag. It's got the nerdy but determined but plain girl. It's got the pretty airhead who isn't really an airhead. It's That's got the clumsy. I mean, I will say um, it's not just as in no. they go cliche, but they go cliche in a positive way. Like yeah. the airhead looks like a blonde bimbo is actually the cleverest person in the yes. whole thing. The plain girl who is like I will go into space is actually a bit of a wanker and has to realize yeah. that the jock. It's just some rich dick and has to realise that. Mm. Like, but I don't think he realises he's a rich dick that much. I think he, I think he's like, no, I know everything, so I'm going to take control. And it, that, he, he's, I think the one that has no arc yeah. in the film. I think Tish, who's the kind of airhead bimbo secret genius, is the best character. 100%. What's I, the main girl's name? The main girl's name is Catherine. She's quite cute, as in, yeah. in terms of like, you see her wishing, like, you see, mm. no, not even her. You see Andy, who's Kate Capshaw, mm. who's a camp instructor and the, like an astronaut. You see her wishing on a star when she's really little about going into space. Mm. And then you see her actually teaching. I think, is she? Yeah, she, he, she's married to another camp She's married to one of the... Um, and an astronaut yeah, who's the... gone into space. So it's got this gender yeah. thing as well, whereas like, her husband's been allowed to go into space and she hasn't. She keeps trying to get mm. in there. And she sees something of herself yeah. and Catherine and... I, I felt like there was mu there was a much more interesting film within this film hmm. that I didn't pick up on. 
I've got, sorry, to interrupt. A, the sentient robot is called Jinx, which I love, mm. as a like drag race reference. Although and if B, it was voiced by Jinx once too. If only. And B, Kevin, who's the jock guy, is played by Tate Donovan, who then is in Friends as Rachel's like hot young assistant, which I love. Search him up. Great. Yeah, fun facts for you. Cool. Are, you, are you not really a friends person? I've never really seen it, but mm-hmm. what I've seen it annoys me. Oh, I think I think I think because I didn't watch it young enough. I think that's the thing. I think there's. For, for Do you know the, what the main takeaway from our show is? Just watch stuff when you're young. And yeah, you like it. and then you'll love it. But I mean, I only watched Godless last last year. Yeah, fair. I, I think yeah, this film for me really disappointed me, and I was really quite bored. I think because no, I kept yeah. I kept thinking. Oh, this is a shot from this film. This is a shot from this film. This is a shot from this film. And it, it really... That's fine. It's from 1980. I know, I know. But I've seen so much sci-fi from this era. And I've seen so much better sci-fi from this era. And I've seen so many kind of better comedies or camp films. And just, yeah. Oh, I just really like... I like it as a camp film. And then it has this element of space. But, like, not too much space mm. for me. And then you know that they're going to be fine because, like, as if they'd let kids die in space. That'd exactly. Be film. And I think, I, I, yeah, I just, I really didn't gel with it. I think it's kind of a similar thing that I felt with Gilmore Girls, is there is an audience that really liked this film. I am not it. Okay. I think, standby, the bit where they're in space is fun. Also, the robot is adorable. Oh no, I hated the robot. I was like, the robot on the child, I could have removed from the film. Jinx is so cute. I mean, yes. He saves the day after ruining After the day. fucking everything up. He ruins the day, but then he then saves it. Yeah. Because they managed a Morse code. I know, but also... It's so great. Yeah, but also, surely if... The thing is, is I noticed the little light flashing the whole time, and I was like, they're clearly Morse coding. You're at NASA, you we shouldn't... We know that they're Morse coding. I know, From but... the beginning, it's not like you're special because you but noticed the, Yeah, that. but no, the thing, the thing is, is that the NASA don't notice it. I'm like, they're NASA. They're going to have thought, hmm, maybe Morse code. No, NASA came across as kind film. of thick. It's a film. I know, I know. NASA have to become across as thick, because otherwise mm. the kids can't be... Or yeah. it's not a kid's movie. Like, if you watch it as a child and you're like, and that's all like, oh, they're sending Morse code, let's get them down. Yeah. Boring film, they have to not notice. I think, I think because the most recent film I saw about space and about NASA was First Man, which yeah, is a very different film, but is also 20 times better than this. And I think... Oh, it's a totally different It's film. a totally different film, but it's more my kind of space film. And oh, I well, think that's the thing. Space is, this Camp is... is the kind of film that Ryan Gosling would have done when he was little and in the, like, Disney group. Yes. And that's but, why I like it. Yeah, I just didn't really enjoy it. I didn't, didn't dislike it, I was just thoroughly bored by it. Boo! Okay, boo. fine. I boo you. No. Move on and I acknowledge my booing. I'm acknowledging your booing and also acknowledging the time right. Um, <sighs> so we're going on to my film, which is a bit of a tonal shift from your film. I mean, dramatic tonal shift. You gave me such depressing stuff to watch this week. <laughs> And I want to know what you thought of The Limehouse Golem. So, The Limehouse Golem is a film from 2016, directed by Juan Carlos Medina. It's a British horror film starring Bill Nye and Olivia Cooke. Uh, it follows Inspector Kildare, played by Bill Nye, um, and his hunt for the serial killer, The Limehouse Golem. I saw this in the cinema on a whim, because Rogue. we were just sort of looking for something to go and see and everything else looked crap and we thought okay we can go and watch this and make fun of it and actually came away from it with a much more positive experience than we expected in terms of the quality of the film right 
Um, and I'm interested to see what you thought, because I thought, oh, you might like the period setting, but you're not also a horror film person. So. I didn't think this was a horror film, to be honest. You didn't think it was a horror film? I didn't think it was a horror film at all. There's no threat in it. No. It's, like, it's the a golem, thriller. Everything that happens with the golem happens before. I'm not, I didn't think I'm spoiling anything. No. Like, there is no attack, re, like, attack that you actually see. Yeah. So you're never like, someone's going to die. Mm. I mean... I mean, you are, but like, yeah. as in, in a, in a, in a it's, yeah, I think, I think a horror film is wrong. I think it's much more of a thriller. Yeah, I, I was surprised because I thought it said everywhere that it was a horror film. And I was mm. like, where is the horror in this? The sound. I mean, it's it's not... <laughs> pretty brave here. <laughs> it's not, um, you know, it doesn't shy away from the violence in the film. It's, no, but as in... The murders are horrific when you see them. They're horrific, but I've seen worse stuff on oh, TV, yeah. so it felt like a bit, Yeah. you know. It was fine. Um, I enjoyed it. I really, I thought Douglas Booth was fantastic yes. as this like musical vaudeville performer. But I am a bit in love with him. Mm. I saw him when I was on holiday last year. So excited yeah. for his girlfriend. Anyway, for context, um, Douglas Booth plays Dan Lino, who's a real figure because this is film. It real? Yeah, this film has a lot of kind of real figures um, put throughout it. So there's a there's a scene where. Um, Inspector Kildare has to go to the library and Karl Marx is there. Oh yeah, Karl Marx. And also George Gissing. Yeah. I've read lots of his books, which are very good. Shout out. Yeah. Sure, he appreciates that. Douglas Booth is really great. Oh, um, and also Daniel Mays, who is fantastic in everything. Yes. I've never underrated. seen him really bad. Underrated. Such an underrated actor. Yeah. And I like Eddie Marsden as well. Yeah. There I'm are a lot of underrated people in this. Definitely, definitely. Um... Yeah, I thought it was a very good film. Olivia Cook is fantastic in the Oh, Olivia Cook steals the show. Steals the show. Uh, I guessed the twist ending. Yes, I did as well. Within the first five minutes, maybe? Yeah, I did as well. So I can't really give it like super high marks. No. I just felt like. I wouldn't either. Incredibly predictable. Bill Nye was good. He basically was gay. Mm. But they like, as in they referenced it a lot, but you never delved into his personal Mm. life at all. Because it's fine, because I guess it's not relevant to the case. But it was also interesting that they mentioned it and then like did nothing with it mm. basically. Except that Daniel Mazes slightly refers to it. Yeah, and I, I think it's fun. it's kind of it's sort of implied that because obviously it's set in the nineteenth century where it was very mm-hmm. illegal, mm-hmm. Um, and it's clearly referenced that Bill Nye has been charged and punished for being gay. And oh, do you think you've been charged? I thought it was a rumor. I know. I th- I think I got the impression when I watched this. Why didn't he be allowed to be a police inspector if that was true? I don't know. I felt like he had been, it would have been a lot of rumour but nothing had ever been mm. proven. Maybe. I don't know. Definitely. It's again it's it's left quite open. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think what this film is interesting is kind of I think is essentially the dynamic between Olivia Cook and Bill Nighy. Yeah. It's really strong and it's really interesting. Yeah. Um I think I would even just say Olivia Cook as the, Olivia Cook mm. and Douglas Booth, I would watch it for them alone. Mm. Yeah, I think it's it's a good one if you're kind of having a sort of film night, but you don't know someone's taste in film. I I or you kind of vaguely know where they. I think it's a film to watch if you have other things to be doing while you're watching the film, and you're like, we want yeah. a film to put on, which is interesting. And if nothing ends up happening, it's mm. an interesting film, and like I have a nice time. But yeah. equally, I could very easily phase out. Probably all of the film, yeah. and then come back into the last five minutes and be like, okay, cool, I know what's yeah. going on. I mean, I think another thing I like about it is I do really like cinematography. I like how it's it's dark, like hmm? actually dark, hmm. and it's grungy. And when they go into the music hall, it's all that yeah. kind of smoke yeah. and kind I of. Think, have you seen Ripper Street? 
I haven't seen Ripper Street. It's so similar. Okay. So that made me like it less because Ripper Street is dark and like properly dark. Mm. And this one I was like, it's a bit campy. Like. Yeah, but again, campy. I, I mean, I really enjoyed yeah. it. But as in, that's why the cinematography didn't impress me as much because I've seen Victorian shows which really take the dark aspect of it. And yeah. Like, it, it was actually very similar in that aspect. So I was less mm. like, oh my God, amazing. Oh. But what I did think... my mum do to her, by the way? Sorry? In the flashback, I was really confused. I can't remember that. There's a flashback to when she's a kid, and like clearly some man abuses her, which is mm. really sad. And then she goes back home to her mum, and her mum like is like, "You're dirty now," and she approaches her. Yeah. And then the, and it's as if she's retelling this to a court. Yeah. The court are like, "Oh my god." Yeah. Don't say that in public, and you're like, "What? What did she say?" What did she do? I guess that's kind of meant to be left open. I thought you were supposed. To... Well, it doesn't matter, this probably should have been a podcast as spoiler. True, yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, we've done spoilers before. Yeah. I think if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to expect spoilers. <laughs> I thought it was supposed to be like, we all know what just happened. Yeah. But I was really confused. I tried to Google it as well and I couldn't find it. Yeah, I think, I think it does leave you with questions, this film, and I think it's kind of why I liked it more than I thought I was going to. Is that it kind of, it started me thinking... Oh, but then there was that, and then there was that, mm. and oh, that was kind of interesting. And yeah, the twist is obvious, mm. but also I don't mind if a twist is obvious if then I'm still engaged in the film. Yeah, but it made it annoying when we had so much like, what? oh my god, who, like when he was crossing down, he was hunting down Karl Marx and George Gissing. Yeah. Essentially to cross them off the suspect list. Yeah. And I did just feel like, you're clearly very overexcited about the fact that we could put Karl Marx in this and it'd be funny, yeah. but actually it added nothing to anything. Yeah, that was a little bit of a narrative cul-de-sac. I wanted to just know the story of mm. how she got where she was at the beginning yeah. of the film, because they, they start at the beginning and they circle back. It's a bit flabby in places, I think, yeah. as a film, but I still enjoyed it, and I think if you like period dramas or thrillers, you'd like this. Yeah. I think, again, it's... It's not... I mean, if you like Bill Nye films, you'll probably like this. Yeah. It's very easy watching. Exactly, yeah. Despite the horror. Despite the really quite grisly murders in places. Yeah, but like, just close your eyes. And you also just, like, they... The thing that annoyed me about it is that you just don't get to know the victims at all, mm. in any way. So, you... And you don't... I don't feel like you feel anything for them. No. Like, Godless, interestingly, you don't really get to know the people who are massacred. Mm, but, but when it happens, it. It, oh my god, it was so disturbing that scene where they show what actually happened to make them end up like that. Yeah. Whereas this one, you would have thought, okay, she chops her head. He's chops her head. So scores time, I think. Woo! Okay. Scores time. Um, so so I zombie. Yeah, I gave this 6.5 because I just think it's a really fun show, but it's not like supremely mm. well made that's really good yeah I, I agree with the 6.5 no. I think it's yeah it's a procedural yes it's got some nice twists but at the same time it's quite a light show yeah I feel like 5 is like average mm. right obviously and it's definitely and above it's average. above average but it's still an average procedural made slightly yeah. better it's not like completely original no. amazing unlike with say last week Final Space I think Final Space was something a bit different yeah 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 I'm yeah. Seven. No, slightly different. Yeah. And so for Godless... Why don't you go first? Because your score is fine. I gave Godless a 9.5. I think it's excellent. I genuinely think it's excellent. I gave it a 7. Because I think it is mm. really good. But I just think... They do that thing which I think is happening a lot with Netflix and American shows specifically yeah. now. Which is like, 
but it's not going to talk for a long time and like lots of scenery Ooh, beautiful yeah. and I do like that but there is a point, point where right, I yeah. think you should have just separated this into two episodes mm. or something I think I think there are shows that are worse offenders of this than Godless 100% yeah and this has an excuse for doing so yes and the scenery is beautiful but I just mm. felt like it needs to no, hurry up a little bit definitely um, then we have Space Gamage I gave an 8 but that is partially nostalgia I do yeah. like it and I think because I'm not coming up with nostalgia, I, as I said, see it in a similar way to say season like Gilmore Girls, so I gave it a 3.5. That's so hard. Nah, yeah, it's, it's just it's really not for me. Mm. And then The Limehouse Girl Alone, I gave a 6.5 too, because I think it's... I think that's really kind. I, I think I liked it more than you did, but also I haven't seen things like Ripper Street. Okay. And I, I think... gave it a five because I think it's like mm. a movie that I would never go see in the cinema, but it's quite enjoyable yeah. to watch. I think if I had gone... I think going to see it in the cinema, I was pleasantly surprised yeah. by how not rubbish it was. Yeah. And I think that's partly why my score's a little bit higher. Yeah, fair. I just would never choose to go see it in the cinema yeah. from anything. But, you know. No. It was still fun. Yeah, it's still fun. And I think if we now go to our leaderboard. Yes, leaderboard. Yeah. Um, Godless is now equal third on our TV ranking yeah, yeah. with The League of Gentlemen behind yeah, yeah, yeah. Line of Duty and West Wing still at one. Oh, amazing, okay. Um, Limehouse Girl and Space Captain this week have the same score. Both get 11.5. That's so interesting. It is. And, I, and it's weird because there's, like, we've given Limehouse Girl and similar, similar scores. Similar. Yeah, yeah. similar-ish. But I mean, then vastly different for yeah. Space Camp. Uh, but the bottom of the list is unaffected by this episode. The tenure plan is still. Blast. I mean, it's never gonna move. Let's be honest. Oh, I don't know. I I'm still waiting. With Tucker and Dale, but I'm still waiting for you to find something that's worse. I the think tenure plan might be the worst thing I've ever seen, though. I don't know if I can. I and mean, yet I you gave it out. points, and yet you gave it points. Yeah, but because I still enjoyed myself. No. Okay. No, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen because it's not the most boring thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I wouldn't make you watch those because. If I genuinely found something boring, I just think it would be worth us watching. Yeah. I mean, I think because... I think for you, you place boredom lower down than outright bad. Yeah. Whereas for me, I think it's the scale. If there's something so bad, it's good, like Showgirls, which is terrible, but kind of wonderful at the same time. And then there's just a lack of quality in every sense. But a lot of the time, I find lack of quality so funny that it doesn't yeah. matter to me. I think for me, lack of quality, it's, yeah. it varies. Well, next week, okay. Next so, week. I've tried to be a bit, a little more like interesting and, well not interesting, yeah. but like rogue in my picks. So I've chosen, actually that I discovered literally this year, mm -hmm. I think, um, when I accidentally got a Prime subscription, which I'm about to end. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to watch a lot of this. And it is something that I've specifically chosen for you because you're a classical musician. Yes. And, you know, um, which is called Mozart in the Jungle. And I have specifically avoided this show because I'm a classical musician and I, I am worried I about it. I really enjoyed the first episode, like genuinely, and I watched quite a lot afterwards. Yeah. Um, and then I've chosen for my film, I've chosen a Spanish film. Oh. Oh, hello. Cultured, foreign languages. Yes. Um, <laughs> which is called Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. What's to give it its full title? Mujeres al borde de un ataque de nervios. Oh, she speaks Spanish. Oh, oh, I probably said that really bad. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, which is by Almodovar, and yes. it's um, crazy and like set in the eighties, just after Franco left. So it's all a bit manic and weird. Oh, okay, but it's not like it doesn't refer to Franco at all. Yeah, but it has that feeling of a country being like, what the fuck are we doing? Panic. But it's basically about women who are obsessed with men and like just really stressed out because they're yeah. really annoying. 
It's very weird. Okay. I think you'll like it. So for my TV, I've picked something that I think sadly has sort of fallen a bit by the wayside when we talk about great TV series. Um, because I think it got cancelled prematurely because HBO had to make Game of Thrones, which is Rome which follows the story of, and the rise in the first series of Julius Caesar. Okay. And I think... I'm worried because I feel like it'll be a cross between Godless and Vikings. No, 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 no. I think okay. the oh, Godless comparison, I think it's a cross between Godless and Shakespeare. There's some quite Shakespearean elements to this, and it's why I think I'd like you'd like it more than Godless. Oh, okay. Um, and then my film, I think, is possibly my favourite comedy of all time. Oh I'm God. putting it out there. I'm not saying it's the best, I'm saying it's possibly my favourite, okay. which is The Birdcage, which is a remake, the American remake of uh, the French Le Cage Faux, okay. um, which is about a gay couple and their son, their son is getting married. Um, his fiance's family are very conservative and the sort of politics that then come into that it was later turned into a musical where the song I Am What I Am comes from. Right, okay. Um, but the American remake has Robin Williams and Nathan Lane in the two leads. And <laughs> okay. it is glorious. It's so quotable. Okay, okay. I'll I think, I think you'd that. really that like really it. Fun. Okay, this seems like more of my week. Yeah. I'm looking forward to what we've got planned for the future, guys. Oh, I think week nine, episode nine is going to be interesting. <laughs> it's just a rogue It's such selection. a rogue selection. It's quite an upbeat, though. It's much more upbeat than this week. Yeah, this week was. I think this week has been more dark this week, <laughs> thanks to you. Yeah, but also, I mean, I think that one coming up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's episode eleven. You've got to look forward to. <laughs> Keep listening. Keep listening, everyone. So if like, you like what yeah. you hear, you can find us on social media. We're on Instagram at Please and Make Me Watch, and on Twitter at Don't Make Me Watch. And if you're that kind of person, you can send us a lovely little email. Yeah. Even if it's just like. I don't enjoy that show that you both enjoyed, you're wrong. And then we'll just send you back an email saying, Cool. Okay, you're wrong. Goodbye. Yeah. Yay. And that's please don't make me watch at gmail.com. Yeah. And Yay. happy watching. See you next week. Bye. Bye.